The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Ray for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn. It is uh, Derby postmortem time, uh, folks. It's uh, We had a hell of a weekend with the Kentucky Oaks and the, and the Kentucky Derby. Uh, what can I say? I've got a man with me who put in just tireless work this weekend like this man was was all over the place streaming and what the fuck are you doing on tv anyhow you know i get calls from back home every fucking day they think you went bad shit <laughs> after he was all over the place he removed his cap to reveal these luscious tendrils that i assume the good lord will use to pull his sweetest angel back home <laughs> when his time comes he failed to menace, but he succeeded to steal our hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew DeSantis. What is up, Matthew? <laughs> Not much, man. Uh, doing well. I was absolutely uh, doing way too much this weekend. I think we did six and a half hours streaming on Oaks Day, and then we did nine plus hours streaming on Kentucky Derby Day. And since nobody joined me for the first hour and 20 minutes, I just straight monologued for an hour and 20 minutes to start the uh, stream on Derby Day. And that was something else. <laughs> that, that soliloquizing will do you wrong, son. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of talk. Hey, when I do solo episodes, just talking like 20 minutes by myself is yeah. uh, sometimes feels excruciating. So, uh, you know, it was it was a lot. I, I, people were just so hyped. You know, Derby Day, people were just excited. And uh, I mean, I remember I, you know, when I started doing the stream, it was 1130 in the morning on the East Coast. And some guy in the stream's like, I'm out in Los Angeles and I'm already drinking my first tequila for the day. And I'm like, We're getting it, buddy. Like, it's yeah. awesome. So it was, uh, I mean, it was an awesome weekend. And I have to say thank you to you for coming on my show and, and joining me on Capping the Card uh, for the Kentucky Oaks Day. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, my apologies straight up to your listenership because <laughs> that it was a bad day for me. We'll get into that. Uh, yeah. By the way, I just want to remind everyone we've got. A giveaway contest going. That's right. We have a giveaway going. I am giving up my one and only Fallen Bob canvas print. Listen, I've had friends ask me for this. I haven't given it to them. Like, you will be the only person who has this. Uh, all you got to do, give a review for the show. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, you'll be entered. We're going to draw the winner on Belmont Saturday. So get your review in wherever you get your podcast. Get entered to win the Fallen Bob. And if you haven't seen it, it is uh, spectacular. Uh, some would say uh, one of the just the best pieces of work of this century. Um, yeah, that's it. So leave a review. Check it out. Picture will be on my social medias. Uh, man. So, I mean. For one, we, we mentioned that you did so many, so many things this past week, but uh, I want to say you deservedly got your flowers on Twitter for it. Like, uh, I, I, oh, yeah. I, I think that uh, you got the, the right amount of love. Like you got, you got a lot of support for, for what you did and you put in work. So yeah. I, I feel like, uh, let me pile on. Congratulations. You did a great job. Everyone well, loved the content. Thank you. thank you very much. No, it was, listen, it, you know, there's, there's two times a year 
where there's that lead up. One's Kentucky Derby. The other, in my opinion, is the Breeders' Cup, yep. where you just, you know, you lead up with so much content. The Breeders' Cup is different because you're covering like 14 different races, essentially, that are all pivotal for those different divisions. And you're dealing with so many European shippers and horses that people don't know much about and, you know, haven't been following all year. And they're like, you know, who the hell is Meditate? And I'm like, this is a really good horse you should be paying right. attention to and right. stuff like that. So it's a different vibe. But, um, you know, it, and listen, there have been a lot of people putting in a lot of great work, a lot of great content, uh, yourself included. A Thank lot you. of people, you know, our, our friends over on On the Wrong Lead, those guys have been doing great stuff leading up to this. So, um, you know, it's awesome to just collaborate with people. And, and, and listen, it's just fun to talk horses with your buddies. I mean, that's yeah. what it's all about at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, it was it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep it rolling through the Triple Crown season. But it's um, it, it definitely takes it down a notch after the Kentucky Derby. It's uh, I, I love the on the wrong league guys, especially since we have a very much like a, a Beatles right at the end of it kind of vibe. Like we sometimes we just fucking hate each other and we have to dis- <laughs> disappear out of discord for a day or two. And then we always we always come back. It's like we have the leave the discord chat like uh, door slam, just like someone says something and it's just like, boom, <laughs> this person. Out. Left the, yeah, I love those guys. I love those guys quite a bit. They're really fun to, to have on stream. We're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTV when we get back. Uh, we're going to talk Derby weekend, kind of give our impressions, some things to think, think about going forward. We will be right back with more Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with the premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. You got durable frames, extremely clear optics for all your outdoor goings on. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they'll tell us they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you stop when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500 in the Shady May contest. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Scrambling, gambling, I must rock with mandolins and violins. We just sitting here trying to win, trying not to sin. Power of weed and lots of gin. If you could encapsulate my life in a couple of bars, it's right there. Just like I always stone and always smelling like like a, a juniper bush. That's uh, that's how I handle it. Uh, Matthew, what was your overall impression of the weekend? Uh, you know, it was it was mixed. I think there was some really spectacular performances that we saw on both Oaks and Derby Day. Uh, because I was doing the stream, I was not actually watching much of the coverage. So I think that was, you know, something I know a lot of people commented on about the coverage and things like that. I, I because I, I just didn't see it. Uh, you know, I was watching the races just as they came up on TVG, basically, and things like that. But, um, you know, it, it was, first of all, it was great weather. I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm happy we didn't have bad weather, like muddy up, literally, uh, the, the race Meteorology. And, sham science. Uh, sham it, science. It, total we sham learned. science. Yeah, no, it's a total sham. But um, so I was happy about that. Um, and But there was a lot of drama leading up to the weekend. I mean, with, with Safi Joseph Jr. suspension, with the breakdown of Wild on Ice, with these other horse deaths, with we saw two on Derby Day as well. I mean, there was just there was unfortunately a very nasty underbelly 
to this year's Kentucky Derby that that kind of exposed a very uncomfortable conversation that a lot of us still need to have with this sport on big days like that. Um, but in terms of the performances on the track, listen, there, there were some standout performances uh, on both days and uh, some great racing. And and you even did some credit to you for because you're one of the best people, I think, at trying to find a, a, a track bias. And you zeroed in on a track bias early on, like after the second or third race at Churchill on Friday that I think was really pivotal for people paying attention to it. Yeah, it's, you know, and I got my even noticing that and trying to make adjustments, I still got my head beat in on Friday and it took, it really took going back and looking at watching every single race. And I literally typed up the trip notes for Mm. every single race in terms of, okay, they were quickish fractions. This was what it was to the quarter. This is what it was to the half. These are the notes on the trip. Like this is the path that they took from gate to wire and this trainer jockey, and what race they came out of and just trying to find like a common common theme with like you know strong preps be it uh it seemed like fair uh fairgrounds had fairly strong prep races leading into it it seemed like uh you know like uh of course Gulfstream had a great you know great time shipping to to uh churchill downs and it it really took like looking at it hard uh otherwise i i don't think i would have rebounded rebounded on saturday now you mentioned kind of the uh the uh we'll call it the elf in the room Thompson Simpson, I stick by my story. I'm- Our favorite man from the islands, uh, Safi Joseph Jr. What did you think of the decision to scratch uh, Safi's runners? Uh, it was the right decision. I think just because of, obviously, you have two horse deaths in the same barn uh, in, in one week. It was, it was the right decision to make. And listen, it's not as if there hasn't been plenty, plenty of smoke around Safi for years and, and suspensions that he's served. I mean, it's not as if he's got some spotless record and this just came up. And so I think it was the right decision that said, I still can't get over. The, I still think Churchill Downs is a bully a little bit. And they also like to use Safi as a sta- scapegoat for some of their own problems. And I am reminded of a scene at the end of Scarface when Al Pacino gets kicked out of a restaurant and he goes, okay, he goes, you people need people like me. You want people like me so you can point your finger and go, yeah. there's the bad guy. And he goes, okay, I'll be the bad guy. And that's kind of what Safi is. It's like, okay, we're going to make Safi the bad guy so we can point the finger and go, oh, he's the problem with the sport. <laughs> there's five other dead horses this week. It's not just Safi uh, right. outside of that. So it was the right decision, but I still don't have to like the way Churchill deals with these sorts of things and just a complete lack of due process, which is kind of their MO, quite frankly. Like they just feel like they can make unilateral decisions. The necropsies haven't come back yet or anything along those lines. So it's just, you know, it's one of those where I'm not really thrilled about either side in this, in this argument. I I completely agree because I I do think that everyone is entitled to some sort of due process at the same time. uh, Horse racing can't afford having another winner that's viewed as illegitimate. They couldn't afford having another horse just drop, not a breakdown, just drop dead uh, in, in the Kentucky Derby like that. That might would, possibly end up being the death knell of horse racing had that have something like that happen so i it seems like they've gone into like nfl like roger goodell like protect the shield mode when it comes to churchill downs and the kentucky derby specifically like you are not going to fuck around with the kentucky derby if we even think you're going to fuck around with the kentucky derby you're suspended you're out yeah and and i get it they have a brand to protect they have an image to protect with with the kentucky derby they understand this is the day that the most amount of eyeballs are on the sport 
Uh, and they can't have one of the narratives being here's a trainer for a horse in the race who's had multiple horses die this week. I mean, you, you, you know, you can't, you can't have that. I mean, and so I, I get that they're protecting the shield. They're protecting their own image and their own brand. Um, but there were problems beyond just Safi Joseph. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Forte scratching because of a, you know, of a misstep on the track. Yeah. Wild on ice breaking down after a workout, you know, yeah. it, we saw, you know, freezing point breakdown in the middle of a race on, on Saturday. We saw you know the same thing happen in the second race as well. So a, a good hard track look has to be problems. taken at that surface. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it does it, it, because I, uh, you know, I'm up here in Northern, Northern Virginia and right up the road is Laurel park. Now Laurel park had two breakdowns, not all that long ago. They shut, they shut the track down. down. They yep. shut it down. They had people come out from Hysa. They had the Maryland horsemen come out, inspect the track. Only after that happened did they resume things. And there was no sort of introspection by Churchill Downs this week, it seemed. And, and I think that is what bothers me, at least, a little bit in this space. And as much as we like to paint, you know, Santa Anita as the bad guy and their same issue that they had a few years ago, they at least shut it down for a few weeks. Yeah. I mean, they still had a catastrophic breakdown as soon as they like opened it back up, but they at least shut it down and tried to tried to work on the on the problem. And, uh, and their numbers have gone down dramatically. When you look at the aggregate, I mean, their breakdown numbers yeah. have, have really gone down significantly in that, you know, since the shutdown. So. All right, well, let's get into the racing itself. Let's talk the Kentucky yeah. Oaks Day. Uh, any performances from Kentucky Oaks Friday that really just impressed you uh, that, that you thought was just a you know good look? Uh, you know, I really, I just because I, maybe it's just because I, I picked her, but I really was impressed, uh, by Didia in the modesty. Uh, I, I just, I also love the narrative kind of around her that the, here's this Argentinian horse that's come up. You know, we don't often think of Argentinians as these great shippers necessarily up to North American racing, but here she is. And she's won now seven races in a row. Won two at colonial comes back off the layoff wins at fairgrounds wins at Churchill. I mean, you talk about three very different turf surfaces <laughs> between uh, colonial fairgrounds and Churchill. I mean, those are three completely different types of turf. And, uh, and, and so her versatility, I thought that was really impressive uh, in the modesty uh, and then played hard, honestly, in the La Troyenne holding off secret, uh, um, secret oath and search results while staying on a pretty fast pace on the front end, I, that was super impressive. I thought that day uh, for her to hold those two off. I, uh, I am extremely biased. I wanted that DQ. <laughs> now, was there much there? No, but I will to my dying day claim that that cost secret oath of placing. I will till my dying day say that even though they kind of came into each other. Yeah. Played hard, had to come over way further. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I didn't think it was DQ worthy, but I get it. <laughs> no, it's a, uh, to be honest, I, I think this is what it what it shook down to for Secret Oath is uh, I believe what you had Tyler Gaffleyone up. I have yep. seen Tyler Gaffleyone get bullied out of wins so mm. many times. Last Saratoga, it just anytime you got your horse up close and kind of tried to intimidate him, that horse was jumping over a path to mm. you know get it. And it was just it seemed like Tyler was just a little bit skittish. I think sometimes he maybe maybe has that issue, uh, you know, a little bit. I think you put like an Irad or like a Jose on that horse, and then they're probably still pushing at each other in the in the right now. <laughs> yes, I don't think I know they're going to be still pushing at each other. Yeah, for for me, there wasn't a whole lot of whole lot of good that came out of that Friday. I did think that uh, Heavenly Sunday in the in the Edgewood yeah. had a had a really gutsy performance. Got on the front, uh, maybe had a little bit of bias, but had to break from that wide post to be able to get you know clear and get to it, and then just kept finding 
just kept finding. So I, I thought yeah. that was really gus, you know, really gutsy, really good performance. I really want to see how that horse runs back off of a track that's not necessarily biased. Uh, I was underwhelmed, not necessarily by money's gold, but damn it, that I rad ride that I rad gave money's gold was the most infuriating thing ever. The track was good on the rail. Like you just had to stay glued to the rail and go. And I don't know what he was doing. Uh, I, I got not, I thought maybe he thought he was in a New York turf race uh, for a little bit and was going, you know, a mile and a half and wanted to really choke out some early fractions. And uh, when you have that fast of a horse and you choke out an early, what are you doing? You're just what letting you? everybody else in the race. Just yeah. go. It is not that complicated. Like just go. And I mean, we talk about the French Strangler. Well, you talk about the French Strangler a lot. That's the ride he got on Heavenly Sunday, though. Heavenly Sunday, just go. Go out there on the front right. end and take him gate to wire and just use your speed on a turf that is pretty favorable to front end speed and, you know, use the horse's best asset to their advantage. And I just, you're just bringing everybody else in the race. So frustrating to watch. Yeah. No way that horse should have lost on the best part of the track of the entire right. Of the entire weekend. We're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB. When we get back, we're going to talk about Kentucky Derby Day. Uh, we will be right back. Have you ever just sitting around thinking, I wish I had a girlfriend to take to the races with me? Having just a terrible hard time meeting people, great people that you want to go and, I don't know, get a mint julep with, get a burger. I'm not picky. I don't care about your dietary habits, but I do care that you get out there and you find someone. I think you should find someone using someone who's brought the human touch back to dating. It's Talkify. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialists hand select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner, and they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you, doing background checks, video, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too awkward for first dates. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's Talkify, T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash SGPN. Welcome back to the Notorious TV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. All right. Kentucky Derby Day. We're doing our postmortem here. We're talking about maybe any performances that impressed us, underwhelmed us. Uh, what did you think of Saturday racing? Who'd you like? Who you think really just kind of shit the bed? Uh, listen, I think that there was, uh, first of all, it was kind of a, an anti-chalk day. I think not one favorite up until uh, Cody's Wish in the 10th race. There was not one favorite that actually won post-time favorite that won uh, a race on the day. So it was, a, it was a day to beat chalk. That's for sure. So there were kind of a lot of uh, performances, I think, there. Um, I, I will say one of the more impressive ones was the chalk performance later in the card in the American turf was, uh, in the turf classic, I should say, was up to the mark, uh, proving to be just much the best in that race. I mean, that was one of the bigger margins of victory on the day. And uh, that was obviously the Todd Pletcher Colts, who has only now run four career races on the turf, coming off a third place in the Maker's Mark Mile by a head to modern games. And uh, that was, I thought, one of the stronger performances from the weekend. Uh, obviously, Cody's Wish winning easily. I think that's something we expected. So, I mean, that that 
I, I don't file that under impressive just because it was expected. Right, right. Uh, for me, uh, it's a personal favorite just because of, of personal victory. He's three legs behind this long shot, who's 38 to one and has got a three leg lead coming down to the wire. Late move from Motorius is flying, coming to the finish, and it's a huge upset by Nobles over Motorius. Pardon me while I toot my own horn for a minute. To be the man, Daddy. You gotta beat the man. We were all over no balls at 38 to one. Not only that, we were all over Motorious in second. They gave us a $500 exacta for a friggin' buck. Boom. It was purely a track track bias play. It was purely a pace play. Uh, The horse did what it had to do. When we saw 22 at the opening quarter, I was actually kind of certain we were home. I was actually certain we were home at the opening quarter because if you let that horse go anything above you know, a sub 22 opening quarter. Now we're just going to get loose on the front. So let's go. No balls. Thank you er- very much to everyone who sent in pictures of their tickets and everything. From what I can tell, the listenership has uh cash, roughly the gross domestic product of fucking Latvia at this point. You guys, you guys <laughs> hammered that pick. So thank you for having confidence in me. Love it. Uh, so absolutely loved uh, no balls. And I actually, I wasn't underwhelmed by anyone. Cause I going back and thinking about these things and looking at some of these trips, Literally every bad trip that I saw, I can almost 100% blame on track bias, on that weird inside-out track bias that that had yeah. going on in the dirt uh, that, that made it hard for, uh, for uh, you know, horses to, to close, made it hard for horses to win from the race. Uh, yeah. I, can I, though, spend one second talking about the uh, rivalry for two races, at least, between Tyler and Irad and how personal – um, Irad clearly took getting boxed in by Tyler, uh, and Wicked Halo, and uh, in the in the uh, in the race with Goodnight Olive, and then coming back and celebrating uh, over Tyler as Fluffy Socks defeated Spinderella in the next race. That was very personal, and Irad made that very clear. It's that's surprising to me. The reason being that if I ever thought that uh, two jockeys would become a two man boy band group, like it would always be Irad and Tyler. Like they're both just feel like they've they've got they've got big frosty tips energy. I guess mm-hmm. is the way, is the way I would put it. Uh, so you know it's fun. It's fun them having those rivalries as long as no one punches anyone while they're sitting down in a plastic lawn chair. Like I'm all for it. <laughs> Oh my, but it was, I agree with you. I wasn't um, like underwhelmed by that many people. Like I, I thought everybody ran a really good race. Like even favorites who lost, I thought ran well. I just, they just got beat by somebody a little bit better. And also shout out to web slinger, huge price horse that I absolutely loved a couple of times down at Gulfstream park and couldn't get the job done. Then steps up in a tougher spot and gets the win uh, and was so much the best because if you watch, he was wide that entire trip. Uh, and so that was super impressive. And, uh, Joel taking far bridge down on the inside rail. That was, that was a really thrilling race to, to watch the end of. So now on the Derby, we all know mage ran a great race. Things just absolutely melted down once again. Uh, I don't think anyone, well, few people thought that this pace would be fairly hot. I don't think anyone thought 22, five hot mm-hmm. by, by mm-hmm. any means. Um, but it came out that hot. Do we, do you think we're living in like a new era of like derby pace where it used to be you know not insane fractions you could count on the exact same type of horse to win the derby which was a horse that shows early speed that is either on the lead or stalking within a length or two and now we're starting to see it's like it's like those are the only runners and now we're starting to see these like 
pace meltdowns develop and huge bombs come in because the thought is you can't close and win the Kentucky Derby. Well, we've just seen it twice now from a horse that was from all the way back and another one that was, you know, about mid-pack the entire way. What do, yeah. what do you think of the fractions? Were, were you surprised? I was a little surprised by the fractions, but I will say as it got closer to the race, the more I thought the pace was going to get hotter and hotter. I think the drawing of Cyclone Mischief, and then you start all the speed was on the inside next to each other, and you just think that's a recipe for this to get pushed maybe a little bit more than it would otherwise on paper. I, I think part of it is we're breeding one-turn mile horses. Like that's what we're breeding, folks. That we're yeah. not breeding classical distance horses anymore. We're breeding right. sprinters. I mean, all you have to know is Yaupin was the second uh, highest uh, was the sire that covered up the second highest amount of mares two years ago. Yaupin, Yaupin, ladies and gentlemen, and we're we're breeding Yaupin. That's a problem. And so yeah. um, when you breed all that speed, there's going to be a lot of speed balls in the race. And the crazy part is. The real speed balls in this crop didn't even make the field. True. And so it's, uh, you know, horses like Corona Bolt and things like Hijazi are, are they're genuine sprinters, you know, and they're, and they're going back to that division. I think that's why a lot of us thought maybe there wouldn't be a lot of pace because in these prep races, it was these other speed balls that were going out in the front end and setting crazy fractions and allowing horses like Instant Coffee to close into things and stuff like that. But I mean, it, it was just, I think it's a matter of breeding and then, I, I just think the nature of, uh, you know, the, the, the types of horses that we're running right now, there's probably going to be a lot of pace moving forward in the in derbies in the future. You know, I I just shudder to think how fast that opening quarter would have been had uh, Derma Sotagake not gone all thunder snow on us in the gate oh, yeah. there, broken clean and gotten up because that looked like your pace in the derby. And the horse didn't make it, ended up getting ran pretty game i think that's a horse you have to upgrade coming out of this race just because of the missed break uh and it's not like you're going to run into another 20 horse field again i can understand there being a little bit of a freak out when you have 20 other horses loaded in that huge gate um i also thought king's barn was one you maybe had to to upgrade a little bit i'm going to be really interested to see what any sort of preakness defections look like uh because uh to me king's barn has a little bit of like an early voting kind of kind of vibe to it like the the horse that there ends up being no pace in the preakness and then king's barn just walks away with it on the front end yeah i think the difference is uh, early voting obviously skipped the derby and so now you know king's barn's wheeling back in two weeks we'll see i do know i saw a tweet yesterday from someone associated with spendthrift basically saying jose ortiz did not follow instructions thrown uh, under the bus oh huge i mean huge i was shocked to see that actually that somebody who's kind of got an official capacity at Spendthrift would come out and publicly say the kid referring to a 29 year old grown man yeah. uh, did not listen to the instructions. And uh, I don't, and I'll be honest, what were the instructions on Kings Barnes? If not get to the lead. Right. I mean, it's not like that horse ever showed the ability to take back. So like, where did you expect this horse to go? Exactly. Maybe, right. a, maybe sit fourth or fifth, but I mean, he was going to be close. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, you you go out, you go to the lead, and you set these sort of blazing front. Did you want the horse to run faster on the front? Like, is is that? Do you want to? Did you want him to crap out like halfway through the turn? Ding, the turn was that the plan? We don't know. I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. So as who feels like the Ortiz brothers likely always disregard uh, instructions. <laughs> to do what works for the benefit of the Ortiz brothers. I don't have any proof. It's just how I feel because I felt wrong so many times. <laughs> um, who who are you? Anyone else you're upgrading the coming out of the derby? You think oh, going to make two fills? I mean, two fills was great. I, that was one of the best. That was, in my opinion, the best performance on the the day. 
because everyone else on the lead melted down and finished 14 plus lengths back. And two fills was right there on the lead and dug in and lost by a length. I mean, that was a huge performance from that horse. And that was one, uh, you know, anybody who follows me knows my top three all week were Angel of Empire, two fills and Derma Sotogake. Those were my top three. I love those three horses. And they all ran, a, a, I thought, a good race. I mean, I, I thought Angel moved maybe a little too late, but, uh, you know, with Flavian aboard. But, you know, I, I can't complain about that. And they, uh, uh, but yeah, two fills just ran huge. Uh, and, you know, Tapit Trice had the issues that we all thought Tapit Trice would have. So I, I, I can't yeah. say I'm upgrading that horse. That He got the exact same trip I thought he was going to get. So, uh, yeah. you know, maybe confidence game as a horse that kind of got is screwed when verifying kind of hit the rail and started backing up. And then suddenly confidence game didn't have anywhere to go and kind of got shuffled back and had to restart. So yeah. maybe you could say that's a horse to get upgraded next time out as well. It almost, it's going to take almost like another week to just watch this derby and figure out who all got screwed, where, how, and if it did, if it even affected them enough to say that they, that, that it would have made a difference. Yep. No, that's that, that last point you made is so key is everybody got screwed at some point in the derby it's a 20 right field uh it is it's really comes down to like did it matter did it actually influence the outcome i mean you mentioned about like derma you know missing the break and, and i thought you know does is he controlling speed if he doesn't does he sit fourth or fifth does he sit more of a two fills type of trip if he doesn't miss the break and, and what happens there ultimately i can't say it cost derma the win i think derma ran a decent enough race and you know maybe hits the board if he gets a better break but i can't say that's that's what definitely cost him the Kentucky Derby. I, I, I you know, Mage was much the best, uh, and and I was a super impressive performance from a young ascending horse for sure. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I, it's a horse that I actually liked uh, going against Forte uh, in the in the Florida Derby. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I mean, I I thought that the horse had a chance in those preps. I don't know why I kind of forgot it whenever it came Derby time. You know, it's just it's lightly probably because it's lightly raced. The speed figures aren't huge, but you mean you have to be on the lookout for a horse that's ascending as opposed to a horse that's already there. Yeah. And nobody's speed figures were that huge, especially once the West Coast horses scratched out. And, along you know, it was Forte, just, yeah, yeah, along with Forte. So it's like, OK, like the best numbers are like a 99. Honestly, Mandarin Hero had the highest buyer, buyer speed figure in the group with 100. And, and you know, I just, um, yeah, much like you, I Mage was a horse that I liked in that. I liked in the Fountain of Youth. I liked in the Florida Derby. And I was stunned, and this is something right before a uh, post when I was on the live stream, Mark Capitan from On the Wrong Lead brought up, he's like, I'm really stunned that Mage hasn't taken more money. Right. And we both were kind of shocked that he was not dead on the board, but just kind of like stagnant. And I'm just like, this horse feels like he should be 10 to 1 or maybe lower. Like, right. why is he still at 15, 16 to 1 at that point? So, um, you know, he was a great value play, uh, you know, right before the, uh, the post, obviously. Yep, and so congratulations to the to the connections. Gradu congratulations to Venezuela. Uh, all of awesome. Venezuela came came out for that one. Uh, also, big kudos to uh, America's Best Racing and their Twitter account. They had amazing uh, up close reactions from you know people all over you know Kentucky Derby weekend. That's just like that. That's what racing is about, and uh, it was fun to see. All right, that's gonna do it for us here at the Notorious OTB. That is our Derby post mortem. We'll be back with more picks later in the week. Uh, Matthew, anything you got going on? I mean, there's always something going on. I'll be, uh, doing some capping the card. I think of the Belmont card this weekend, man of war, Peter Pan. We got some nice races there. So, uh, always something, no rest for the weary. Right. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep rolling with that and just follow me on Twitter at the handle at failed to menace to get the latest. 
All right, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget, we've got the Fallen Bob canvas print giveaway. Just remember to review the show wherever you get your podcast. You'll get entered, and we will draw a winner on Belmont Saturday. We're going to talk to you next time. Bye.